Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Faber Marubuko, who is a co-founder of Kanisa Health, a tailored care platform aimed at helping hypertensive patients. Welcome to our podcast, Faber. Thank you so much, and I'm happy to be here. So Faber, can you tell us a bit more about your work and the vision behind it? Sure, definitely. Um, once again, I appreciate being here. And um my name is Fever Madubuko, and uh, I'm a current. I'm a current. Uh, I'm currently um, studying at Ashes University. I major in computer science, and um, I'm in my second year. Um, prior to come, prior to Kaniza Health, um, I've been, I've been working. I've been working part time. Like um, I took a gap year before entering college, so kind of shifting my thinking about um, entrepreneurship, how the world works, and my vision. Um, um prior to Kaniza. And um, prior to Canada, I kind of suffered um, a lot of um, um, personal issues and problems um, stemming from my dad's inability to access medication and care uh, from his own personal from his own personal disease, uh, which was hypertension. So, and that kind of spurred me into action um, upon getting admission to Ashes University. It really shaped where I, I thought about problems that I've encountered, and I was I really hope and aspire to have solutions to them. And um, I think it has set the pace um, for what I'm doing now and um, the vision of what Canada Health could be um, moving forward from here. So I think that's a little bit about my background. Um, uh, of course, this is not the first time I'm, I'm trying to around um, or trying to find problems that I am passionate about. Uh, but I think this is um, a foothold for the, uh, this is a foothold for me, not just for me, but for people that aspire to um, be like me. And um, I hope to inspire them. And I also hope to give them that support that they need um, from my own personal struggles that I've encountered. Thank you. So, Favor, you were recently accepted into the Futurize U Incubator. And you're also an ambassador for the African Digital Health Student Network. So can you tell us a bit more about your work as an ambassador? Okay, yes. Um, uh, yes, we recently got into the, uh, the Futurize U incubator, which is the first of its kind, especially as it aspires to help um, turn university students into entrepreneurs that they hope to become. And um, getting into this incubator has um, actually reshaped our uh, idea, better the customers more and the pinpoint. And this actually uh, finds students who are passionate about um, health, digital health in Africa, not just in Africa, but um, about aspiring changes or inspiring changes, um, both for, for profit, not, pro- not for profit, social enterprise. So my work um, for me is to help identify the students here in my university and also to help them um, in their journey, easing their journey to the space in digital health. Um, of course, the very um, broad area, um, most times, most of the times people might get lost. So what I hope to do is to help um, students like myself to introduce them to the door and then to show them the opportunities that exist, not just um, in health tech or not just in healthcare, uh, not just in fintech, sorry to say, but also in health tech. So health tech is rising and 
we need more youths uh, who are passionate about what they are doing and about the problem that they are solving. Yes. And so you really have a passion for innovation and in your vision for providing services, health services uh, to the African market, how do you think that providing health insurance services tailored to the African market is different from other regions? Oh, yes. Um, I, I think this is a this is a very, very critical question. And um, in case of, it is, I would say that it's multifaceted. Um, first of all, the problems that we face are multifaceted um, in that the healthcare system is kind of broken. Um, and then it needs more, um, more partnerships and collaboration to make things work. So, uh, first of all, health insurance market, I, I, would, I wouldn't want to say that it's an underserved market, or I wouldn't want to say that um, it is a neglected market, but I would like to think of it as a market that needs more, um, more nuanced approaches. Uh, why? Because um, when you look at health insurance in America or not in North America or in Europe, is more um, is more tailored towards uh, is more tailored towards how can we maximize benefit or profit in order to give patients the best. But here in Africa or in the terrain that we are operating in, um, we are looking at how can we make how can we make um, patients remote areas, not just remote areas, who has never had the opportunity to um, experience good healthcare, get good healthcare. So the dynamics are a bit different. Meanwhile, we are kind of kind of battling with the problem of um, financial financial burden. On like, uh, I think the problems are problems are so diverse that not providing health insurance alone is not just the solution. Even though there is a big market for it, but then how can how can systems um, how can systems that we are collaborating with or the systems that are delivering the services um, functioning or how are they um, how are they how are they practicing medic or how are they practicing medication? Even how are they practicing um, integrated? Yeah, how are they practicing remote patient monitoring? Because all this forms part of a good health um, insurance package. The market is there, but then we're looking at the systems. So how can the systems? You are thinking in systems and not just in and not just in um, a single unit. So that is the that is the big um that is the big answer to this question. Um, but then. For a market, yes, um, but for the systems, we are not sure how we, there's so much to be done for more for more packages to be rolled out, for more for more benefits to be accrued to the patients. Yes. And often many of the challenges that we see in the sustainability space are systemic. What are some other challenges that you see are systemic within providing health insurance services? Yes. Um, one of these problems that I've seen that is kind of systemic is um, we uh, say it as um, systemic, but then I would think, I tend to think of it as um, personal, like personal preference and choices. Uh, because what kind of target market being made to, or what kind of students? Students might desire they might desire something different than teachers. Teachers might desire something different than corporate workers. So it boils down to myself as an entrepreneur to kind of understand what i what can I, what I can offer them to make it stand out, or what I can offer them to make it um to make it so so beneficial to them that they are, they can be able to buy into this plan. And it's more, it's not, it's not systemic when you, when you think of this, it's more personalized preference. So that is what, that's another problem that I see and I look at when you look at um, health insurance, you know, in my, 
So when we look at personal advice for clients and customers in the African market, what is the type of personal advice that they're looking for in terms of health insurance? When we when we look at advice, um, I, I would like to think of it as um, a question of trust, because one health insurance company has uh, maybe health insurance or this health insurance company A um, does not fulfill their request or does not fulfill their um, they they does not fulfill their pledge on time and as at when due. So it all boils down to it all boils down to um, the issue of trust and loyalty. What can we do to make um, to make to make them trust us more? What can we do to make them? What can we do to confidence? Because one, when even that, and as much as um, healthcare is um, value based and um, service driven and all that, one would have to look at it from the aspect of um, partner. Actually, how can I? How can I make my partner trust me more? Um, what kind of value am I bringing to the table? What What is my value proposition? So it's about it's about thinking around the value proposition that we are that we are offering. It's about thinking about. Um, what can I do to make people believe me more, to believe in my system more? How can I get the confidence of the partners that I'm, that I'm banking with or that I'm, that I'm collaborating with? So it's a, it's a big issue of trust. So when we build, we build for trust, we build for um, value, and above all, we build for, for you. We build more importantly for the patients. So those are the three things that I would like to, um, I would like to say about um, the advice I would give for by myself and anybody out there within the health insurance. And how do you build trust with your clients and customers? Okay, yes. Um, I believe I'll look at it uh, from the from the perspective of lifetime value. So if I know that a patient, uh, taking, taking a hypothetical situation, for instance, if I know that a patient is over, if I know a patient is diabetic, there are certain kind of personalized um, care that they need. There are certain kind of um, um, value that they, they need to derive. And if I'm able to come through at all times, or let's say refilling their drugs um, at, as a twin due, I'm checking up on them where my customer service channel, um, it kind of builds the trust because one, they understand that someone really cares for them. Um, they understand that, oh, if, if I'm not here to do this for myself, someone is actually looking out for me. And on the, on the side of the caregiver, we look at um, when, we, when, they make, when they make pledges or when we make pledges to them, how efficient are we in delivering what we say we are going to do? Or how efficient are we going, how, how fast or how prompt are we in fulfilling what we say that we are going to So, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I, I, I take for instance, we've gone to maybe a banking, a banking hall, you've been a customer for over 10 years, and then one day you walk into the bank and maybe you usually have this cozy, um, um, comfortable air conditioner or something, um, cooling down the heat when that you feel when you walk into the bank. But this particular day, you don't feel, you don't have that with you, or they don't provide you that. I am meant to stand all the way in the banking hall. I mean, you've been a loyal customer for 10 years. But then they don't value you. So it's about what, how can we, how can we make them important in this sense? I'll use the word important. How can we make them value? Because um, it's a two-way thing. Yes. And how important is scaling technology when providing your health insurance services? And what are your clients and customers looking for in terms of technology in health insurance services? 
Yeah, uh, I think this this, this question. Uh, um, I was actually discussing this kind of question with my um, it's my uh, it's my colleague or my pharmacist, and um, one thing that we kind of look at is um, the aspect of embedded finance. Uh, I think it's it's um, embedded finance. Um, how can we pursue orders quickly? How can we make payments fast? Um, how can we facilitate cross border payments? Because in as much as um, when we talk about health insurance, we are talking about financials or we are talking about um, fulfillment and all that. So um, the aspect of technology is, um, I, I think I think the technology should work this way in Africa, or I, 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 I would not experimented that yet, but this is what I think and this is what I believe might work. So um, you have, you are enrolled in, let's say, um, health plan A or health insurance A, and uh, you don't have this, um, you have this restricted luxury of certain hospitals you should visit or certain private firms or private hospitals you should visit. But along the way, you discover that your, um, your hospital, you are, not, you are not being treated nice or you don't like the services of these restricted hospitals within your health insurance plan. And then you opt to go to another one outside of the scope of your health insurance plan. So, um, the question now becomes that how can we still come through for you as a company? How can we still come through for you? I still pay for this kind of service that you, you've, um, you've enjoyed from this um, hospital outside of our scope, our, our restricted areas or our restricted hospitals that you should visit. So I think this is where technology comes into play. Your, your ID number, your type of health plan that you are enrolled in, um, how can we make it quick? How can we make it efficient? How can we make you just imagine how fintech companies work. Um, people are, people are there, there's a kind of move towards um, right, towards um, digital, digital cards, uh, mobile cards, where you just have to create your bank cards or create your card by yourself. So I imagine this kind of system in all this kind of technology in healthcare, where it's kind of decentralized, where, it's, um, where payments is not a problem, where patient has more freedom or patient have more freedom to visit where uh, who would they ever want to visit? And you specifically focus on hypertensive patients, and you spoke about your father and your family history. Why do you think it's so important to focus on this specific segment of patients in health insurance services? Uh, yes. Um, I, I is is um it's kind of personal, right? But um, from our user interviews, from from requirements gathering and all that, we found out that um most of the doctors confirmed that um heart disease is still a central is still a central area when it comes to healthcare. I mean, heart disease or let's say hypertension or as or many related many related illnesses stem from heart disease. Or um, this, they mostly stem from heart diseases. Now, imagine a situation where you suffer from high blood pressure, and then you develop stroke because it is unmanaged, or then you develop some kind of um, liver cirrhosis or something because it's unmanaged. So we go back to the root cause, which is elevated blood pressure, and which is kind of like damned hypertension. So I believe this is where. Um, because why statistics for non-communicable or communicable diseases might be blown up or why it's um, very, very um, 
out there and it's, it's evident, right? Um, a lot has not been done towards um, educating people more on what non-communicable diseases are. Take, for example, malaria. I can go get my drugs for malaria one week, I'm fine. Um, two weeks, I'm, I'm okay, I'm back on my feet. But then when you look at the aspect of non-communicable diseases, it's a lifetime journey. Um, it's something that you need to start curing on time or it's something that you need to watch your health on time. And I believe that, not just for me, I believe that anyone who, anyone who really needs to solve a big problem in healthcare needs to focus on these particular areas. Because other ones can, I'm not saying that they are not important, but then they can be effectively managed. There can be redemption at, 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 at one point or the other. But then when it comes to non-communicable diseases, especially hypertension, um, is a whole lot involved. Um, from, for, 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 for more clear or for more precise um, description, my dad has suffered hypertension for six years now. And he, he has developed all that like, condition like relating to um, insomnia, uh, he finds it difficult to sleep because it really affects me a lot. So, I mean, what if we have got these complications early enough? So I, I believe it's not just personal, but it's something that is more evident-driven. Uh, evident Thank you. Yes, and hypertension is so important to, to find a cure for and to provide services for because our, our health is all, all that we have. And so the services that you're providing are so important to be able to find solutions, to be able to really have early detection also uh, for, for those who may not be able um, to have access to those services at a very early stage of hypertension. So despite the challenges in the market, how do you see your services scaling? How do you see yourself utilizing technology in order to scale in the market? One area I would like to focus on um, is um, partnerships. Uh, I sincerely believe that um, partnerships is the, is the way to go. And why I believe that is because looking at the landscape of those, uh, we, don't, we don't build um, a single unit or we don't build, um, we don't build a standalone system. And this is why I believe that partnerships is the way to go. Now, we are looking at a system where interoperability is not, is not a problem. Um, EHR systems can interact with our, with our own system. Um, existing, existing infrastructure that is already here is not being, instead of being um, unutilized, it's, it's, it's basically being more utilized. So we're looking at um, collaboration, partnership. Um, we, are building for, we are building for unity. So how can we make more si the systems that are in existence uh, more efficient or more effective? And that is how I believe that scaling, uh, that's how I believe um, scaling and partnerships should um, solve a big problem for us. Or when we look at um, when we look at navigating the market, so we answer the question of how can existing systems be made more efficient? How can you manage your patient out of hospital? How can your patient still feel valuable without you being in contact personally, physically contact in contact with them? So that is um one way we are looking at it. So I think the bigger the biggest answer to that is partnership. Why other factors might play, but. I believe that um, partnerships so it will be a very, very long way in helping us navigate the market. And what types of partnerships are you looking for? And what would be the most ideal partnerships for you to be able to scale? One of the most effective partnerships, um, one, we're looking at partnerships with um, 
private caregivers. Um, uh, it's not it, I, like I uh, from 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 the existing um, terrain or from the existing um, evidence that is with us. Well, um, we kind of find it difficult navigating public health care, the public health care system, uh, because of so many um, um, problems and um, bottlenecks, uh, which might hinder growth for us as a young as a young company. So we are looking at partnerships from private um, private organizations. We are looking at um, partnership with um, pharmacists, with pharmacists, and um, we are also looking at pharmacy, um, for partnership for home home care um, home care um, what I say organizations or um, home care home care givers um, because we are looking at how can we drive value that people can see. Uh, we are looking at even before we move on to insurance companies. But for now, these are the three, three critical um, areas that we are looking at. Um, insurance companies can come in at, um, at a later stage. Um, but right now, I believe that we are not yet ready for that skill. Um, but then we are looking at um, the value that we can offer these three groups of, um, of consumers that I've already mentioned. Well, it's so exciting what your vision and mission is to provide health insurance services and to really allow those to have early detection options for hypertension. So important to be able to provide that and to take care of our health. This is really the foundation of being able to build an entrepreneurial economy is to provide health services so that we can start to improve the health industry and provide the early detection services to allow those to live a more sustainable future. Well, it has really been a pleasure having you on our podcast, Favor. I'm really looking forward to see how you scale in the future and the partnerships that you're building. Also, the creation of the health insurance services that provide early detection solutions to so many. So thank you for your work in this area. Thank you so much, um, Aisha. I really appreciate um, being on the call with you and um, sharing my ideas and our job plans with you. Thank you, Favor. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Impact Best podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Best newsletter community, where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Best.